to Going Deep, Sports in the 21st Century on Blue Ridge Public Radio. I'm Dr. Marsha Mount Shoot. And I'm Coach John Shoot. John's coached at the highest levels of the game of football for 26 years. And Marsha is an author, theologian, and minister. We're Team Shoot, and we're glad you've joined us to go deep into some of the most pressing issues of our time. On Going Deep, we go beyond sound bites and highlight reels. Hello, I'm Matt Bush, the news director for Blue Ridge Public Radio, and I help the Mount Shoops produce Going Deep. This is our 50th episode. Well, the 50th episode of this version of the show. Prior to moving to Asheville, John and Marcia did Going Deep in West Lafayette, Indiana, out of the studios of WBAA. As we look back at our shows that have come out of BPR's studios, we first talk about how our hosts ended up in Western North Carolina which is hours away from the nearest professional or major college football team. Well, my job brought us here. But it was a bit more of a story. It might be interesting to hear. We might have a little different versions of it. But <laughs> but um, John and I, you know, had spent our entire marriage in big-time football. And it was at North Carolina that we really kind of woke up and became advocates for players' rights. So when John took the job as offensive coordinator at Purdue, there was no turning back. There was no unseeing what we had seen. So when we got to Purdue, we arrived as advocates, as activists. We arrived as people with questions and a critical eye towards um, some dynamics. And so John really... My book, Touchdowns for Jesus, came out um, the first year we were there. Um, John went to bat for some players against the NCAA there. Um, and as most people who listen to this show know, it it, it ended with John getting, getting fired at Purdue. Um, and we really looked at each other after that and just said, we really can't do this anymore in good conscience. At the same time, it seemed that the same kind of opportunities that we were used to come in our way um, with John's career weren't. And we truly believe, and others um, agree with us, that that our voices, um, a coach who's critical of some of the kind of systemic parts of the game, really aren't welcome at that level of the game. And so John said, you know, why don't you get a job? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, I was working at the time, but hadn't had a job that could have supported our family for our whole marriage because we were kind of moving a lot and I was piecing things together. And um, this job, um, this call, that's what we call it in the ministry at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church um, was it was really an amazing thing how that all came up. I was very dubious as to whether I could get a position in a church as a senior pastor in the Presbyterian Church USA because for 10 years I had been so outspoken about things like racism and gender identity and sexuality, things that the church was dealing with, um, the larger church was dealing with in a not very healthy way sometimes. So when when I received the call to come to Grace Covenant, it did feel like an answer to prayer. It was 
a great opportunity for me professionally, an amazing congregation. And also it was a place where we could come and John could totally switch gears. There wasn't a professional football team here. There isn't a college football team here. And and it has we've been here 3 years now and I would I would say maybe John would say differently. We're just finally settling into this is our life. This is who we are. Um and I think John you finally kind of come to peace about some of it too. That was a hard kind of wrenching exit. Um, and we're just so grateful for this community in Asheville. It has been a wonderful place to heal and start over. And this show has been a big part of like, how do we bring that past part of our life with integrity into who we are today? This show has been a huge part of that kind of thread from all those years that we spent in sports. You know, definitely after leaving North Carolina and going to Purdue, I was a a different person. And I did. I battled every step of the way with our athletic director, with our head coach. When I look back on it, I'm not surprised I got fired because I was fighting the NCAA for players to get eligible instead of just appeasing them. I was uh, fighting our trainers and doctors for, you know, regarding head injuries when people that I recruited, their mothers were calling me. They weren't calling the coach. They weren't calling the AD. Uh, And so there were many issues that I was battling. But also, when we stepped back, I realized how much I really enjoyed being around our children as well. And I so wanted our son, you know, was in high school now. And he was so, a junior. He was a junior, time. and I so wanted to be a part of his life before he was gone. And I'm now so involved in our kids' lives in a way that I never have been before, and they'd probably roll their eyes at me <laughs> saying that. But it feels so uh, good to me. And that was a real part of the lure. And one of the reasons I so wanted to come to Asheville was, as Marcia said, there is no big-time sports here. If there was a team just sitting right here in town, I think it would have been a lot harder for me. In this show, whether it's a, a, a show on concussions or muscular Christianity or forced faith and crazy Bible studies or (laughs) meeting players who, you know, I've loved and coached in the past has really been a form of therapy in some ways for me that one of the most comforting things is when a show is out there and someone comes up to me and says, you know, you were right that that's it's exactly like that. I'm so glad you said it, you know, and it is hard. It's hard to listen to all these shows. It's hard to know what we know and still be, you know, a college sports fan. It is hard. Well, you're not really, are you? No, I'm not. (laughs) 
only an hour and a half to the southwest of Asheville is the best college program in the country in football right, right. now. Right. But it, we here seem so far away Insulated from it. Insulated right? from it. Yeah. I think it's the mountains. I, maybe. I, I think the mountains give people perspective on things. I really do. Okay. It, it, it humbles people, maybe. So the story of the show really starting here at Blue Ridge Public Radio, and I'll try to keep it somewhat uh, short, is that, John, you came to the station one morning, cold called the station, essentially, and showed up <laughs> and talked to our general manager, David Feingold, saying that you had done a jo- had done a show at your previous stop in West Lafayette. Around the same time, I started at the station in October of 2016, coming from Washington, D.C., and then the, we, there was a meeting of sorts where David introduced John and I was up at City Bakery on Biltmore mm-hmm. Avenue, and we chatted and talked about what the potential was for a show but what i most remember about this that particular morning was i sat down and i hear john talk and he then mentions he's from oakmont and grew up right <laughs> off the first tee at the oakmont country club john does not sound like he's from oakmont <laughs> now oakmont is just one turnpike exit in in western pa up from where i grew up in in outside of pittsburgh but it was very interesting it was two people from virtually the same area talking but neither of us sounds like we're really from there right? yeah he, he lost Which is, that I just want to say that's a good thing. It is not an attractive accent. Sometimes Jens go back there and start talking like that. It's from living with a Southerner for so many decades. It is true. It's it's an accent that kind of develops. Yes, it's like a little syrup. I remember. I remember when we were living in Chicago and I was coaching with the Bears, our first year there, in the first year it snowed on derby day the first saturday in may and so marcia was, was crying i was bereft but i really was. but a year later as our son was learning to talk he started talking and he had this he midwestern said, he accent said snack for snack marcia's mother My mother was visiting deep mississippi was devastated she said you have to get him out of here now <laughs> move now <laughs> So doing the show, this iteration of it, what sorts of things did you want to focus on when you started started this up here in Western North Carolina and at different points in your lives than when you were in Indiana? What sorts of things did you really want the show to talk about and look at? Really, the whole purpose of this show is to help people go underneath the superficial. I think one of the things that we learned in all those years is just how superficial the information is that people get through through media on the you know on broadcast that it there's this um facade of what's happening and that that john and i both feel that people who are thinking caring discerning people are actually really interested in stories about people we wanted to have players on so that people could learn more about them like maurice claret i mean he's an amazing human being but people just know that little sound bite about him that he was in jail or whatever and that he got didn't get into the nfl or whatever and there's so much more to maurice such an, an amazing story and we also wanted people to know more about the truth of things like concussions, things like the NCAA. Our lives were turned upside down by those truths. And we know how much people's lives are impacted every day by that, people we care about. So in a lot of ways, the show is a labor of love because we want players to 
be people who can thrive and be people who receive the dignity and respect that they deserve. And so I think at the beginning of the show here, there was definitely an activist, you know, kind of bent to let's get stuff on here about um, NCAA. Let's get stuff in here on concussions. And those are really powerful shows. And then I think we've also really enjoyed time with people like Pat and Robinette and Maurice and, you know, other people that we've really we've gotten been able to offer to the listeners like here, get to know this person. They are amazing and you really can learn a lot from them. Those shows have really meant a lot to us. One of my favorite things is when a listener says to me, I listened to your show and I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, uh, you know, the fact that my wife was thrown out of a Bible study. (laughs) Oh, wait. So, yeah, muscular Christianity and how that fits in the world of sports. Or, you know, a coach leaving a school and how complicated the recruitment of a Pat and Robinette really was. Or the fact that you know here's two guys from the fab five Mm -hmm. you know uh jimmy king and ray jackson that are making hundreds of millions of dollars for so many people and their electricity is turned out in the apartment that they're living in things like that and you realize oh you mean they don't really have it great. Oh, you mean that is kind of a forced on people? Oh, you mean, yeah, I could see why players should be able to transfer now if coaches are able to, you know, uh, just change jobs so willy-nilly. I've always appreciated that aspect. There's so many guests, I think, that we've had that have really, frankly, helped me see it as well through a way that, hmm, I I hadn't thought of that right. That's a pretty good thought. I mean, changing the narrative on things like Colin Kaepernick. Let's get a Kevin Blackstone on here, and let's talk about the history of black activism in sports. I mean, Kevin is like a walking history book, and he can tell us things, and he can frame it for people in a way that they're like, oh, you know, it's not. This is not just about Colin Kaepernick. This is about generations of people of color. You know, using this platform to say, "Look, America, look what what's happening. Look what it's like to be black in this country." I mean, shows like that. We do. We hear from listeners about how it changed their perspective. It changed their the the narrative that they've always told themselves about players who use sports you know um i remember one guy who just said i always got so mad i just thought like you know this is supposed to be sports we shouldn't be talking about politics and then you know after our show with kevin he was like i really never had had the opportunity to kind of put it in that framework and it's changed the way i think about it that's what the show is for i think and i I think people like Kevin Blackstone, who are well-known and people recognize his name, uh, value what he has to say. But, you know, there's other people, too. And one of my favorite shows was with, you know, Dr. Randall Balmer from Mm -hmm. Dartmouth, 
who talked about the history of sports and for instance football and the schemes of offense and football and how they relate to the war at the time yeah. and military or how baseball related to immigration or how basketball developed uh, in a cold weather place because they just needed something between those two sports. And I just know that we also had in that episode, didn't get it on the air, but the discussion of hockey coming from vigilante violence. Yes. Injustice. Yes. That would be one of the great behind the scenes or sort of like outtakes episodes would just be, that would be yes. included in it. Because when once he said that to me and went, Oh, you were so <laughs> right. It totally is yes. like, hey, yeah. you hit my guy. I'm coming after yeah. you. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. Didn't mean I, to interrupt. Well, I felt like a listener when I was talking, and I am a listener on the show as well. You know, but when he was talking, I'm like, that's so spot on. I never thought of that. That's And so bringing perspectives like that from people who yeah. much of the country may never have heard of, right? I thought was rewarding is that the right word the stuff that the sociology and the the sociological theories that joseph cooper unpacked for us those things help people they help people understand that something the things that they think are happening aren't really what is happening and it i think that's where real social change happens and i don't think it's because of going deep that the conversation has changed around ncaa and stuff but i think we're two voices and i think in the last 15 years those voices have been growing and growing and growing and i hope we've been some part of that but the conversation is different now today around the NCAA than it was. And, I mean, maybe we've had a tiny little ripple in that. I don't know. But if we've even had one little ounce of a of a difference in that, then it's been worth it. I'm going to talk about also, and let listeners know, the dedication you have to this and the thought that you put into every episode when you do the interviews, when you talk to the people, you really try to show the humanity of it. But the openness you have with each other and about yourselves and about your lives and about the things you've struggled with, to me, really stands out. And just maybe a couple of examples of this. But one, you know, you were talking about one of the episodes that sticks out to me is the two episodes with Pat and Ramanette. You did that interview here on a Saturday morning. You know, I was back in my office doing some other work for the station. I came back and it was a little more than an hour. You talked to him and all that. And and Marsha, John just came in and said, give Marsha a bit of a time there because because mm-hmm. the interview had been so emotional for both of you, mm-hmm. and you just kind of needed some time to, to decompress. Yeah. And I just want listeners to know the amount of thought that you put into everything and how open you are about it mm-hmm. uh, and how it affects you, I think, really, to me, stands out. I mean, we kind of have, like, this processing that we do after shows, especially, the like, the ones with Patton or former players, I think. They really hit us, and we miss them we miss them being a part of our lives and like with Patton I think he was um he was such a a a turning point person for us um he was such he was the perfect player for John to coach I mean they were just such a good match and it felt like the way that all went um it was almost like a premonition to us that like Stuff's starting to kind of unravel a little bit. It's not – this is not 
a situation where, um, you know, when, when I think sometimes when things are, are good and when the energy's good, they work. Things, they happen. The way is made clear. And I feel like Patton was one of those kind of people in our lives where we realized, like, that's not what's happening here. It's much more complicated. And it was painful. Um, it was so good to talk to Patton, but it was. It was really. And I mean, I feel honored that we have a forum to share those stories with people because I do think that's what's real about sports. That's what's real. People like Pat and Robinette and broken hearts and exciting moments, but also, you know, long lasting loyalties and allegiances to people because you've been through something together. To me, there's always been something incredibly intimate about the medium of radio. It's more intimate than reading a newspaper or watching a show on TV because you get this picture in your own mind. And I've always said uh, radio is to reading the novel as watching a show is to the movie. You know, on radio, you kind of get it in your own mind. And that intimacy, I think, has come through in a number of shows. And I really felt it with people like... Uh, Heather Jackson and Jake Plummer, who were talking about cannabis, and and Jake Plummer's this NFL quarterback, and Heather Jackson is this conservative Christian mother, and here these two people are the most formidable uh, opponents for legalizing cannabis throughout. No, proponents. Pro- you said opponents. That, yeah, proponents. That happens often on the show, too. Marshall, correct me. <laughs> Justifiably so, she corrects me. And it was another thing of the show of saying, I know when we were discussing it and it made you write the values, statements, and all that sort of thing. So yeah. the show of taking sports and using it as a mirror to society, that yeah. was a show that really, we're in the midst of an opioid epidemic and mm-hmm. addiction epidemic in the United States. And that show just underscored it perfectly because, mm-hmm. as Jake, I think, said in that, in that show to you, Johnny said, you know, hey, you know, every time you're hurt or you're in the locker room, hey, they get a pill for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't that true outside of the locker room, too, yeah. for people who have never played football? That's right. That's right. And the whole history of marijuana in this country was how that show opened. And that just that is echoing all over the place now in, in the opioid conversation. As we begin to wrap up show number 50, what might the next 50 want to look at? What really interests you right now? That's a great question. Um, I feel like there's been like this rapid fire of legislation and um, again as the conversation amplifies around the NCAA I'd love to kind of bring readers I mean uh, bring listeners up to date like so where are all those official um, moves in legislatures what's happening in terms of the NCAA that's one show I'd like to do I also notice that We've been very focused on men's sports a lot, and the show that we did on the women's soccer um, really kind of brought that up for me, that we haven't talked a lot about women's sports, and there's so many exciting people in women's sports these days. 
I would love to talk more about people like Serena Williams and but just being able to um, highlight some other sports besides the big ones. And as I drove to Cleveland earlier this summer and got to listen to four or five shows on my long trip, the same thought struck me because the last one I had heard at that time, the newest one we had done, was the one on the women's soccer team. And I went, probably should get a little bit more on that. Yeah. This might be me and mm-hmm. me needing to, uh, to to broaden my own thoughts on this and all this sort of stuff. And i absolutely correct, Marcia. We should do a show on cross-country running. I'd love it. <laughs> Marsha is the new Marsha is a new assistant coach, coaching the girls, coaching the girls team at AC Reynolds cross country. Things that have like really interest me is what's fair and unfair. When is it just gaining a competitive advantage, and when do you cross that line to actually? that's not fair whether it's lance armstrong using his pumping his own blood back into his body in uh, the tour de france or tommy john surgery or lasik surgery in baseball or even with regards to now in sports when are transgender people able to compete in the men's side or in the women's side of things. And so that element of fairness in what's a competitive advantage and what is not is something that has interest me and I'd like to dig into. I also think we've talked several times about um, maybe doing some more on the way um, club sports and the kind of business of sports um, for kids has changed soccer lacrosse swimming baseball softball volleyball all of those sports now have a club system and school teams have been de-emphasized and a lot of that is because of the kind of carrot out there about scholarships and things like that Um, and I as a parent you know, would love to do more on that kind of industry of sports and how that impacts families. I see it a lot in the church, how families are like, oh, we we can't come to church on Sundays because we've got travel soccer or whatever, and how much a part of families' lives that stuff is now. Um, It's not just Saturday mornings. It's whole weekends. It's thousands and thousands of dollars invested in private trainers and and club teams that's worth a look at you know who is benefiting from that where did that come from and does it ever really result in you know anything that makes all that worth it you know what kind of return are people getting on those investments i think that would be an interesting show Thank you for 50 shows. Thank you for 50 shows. Well, thank you for letting me come on the journey with <laughs> you through this. I can tell you as not only someone who is the, you know, the producer of the show, but also someone who is listen, a big listener of the show, too, how much it has changed how I view sports and all that. And I shared a bit with you on it. It's not that it's taken things away from me, but it has certainly made me absolutely reevaluate fandom, and particularly college fandom. 
mm-hmm. and it's really tough for me now to watch college sports and not feel dirty about it mm-hmm. and that's totally okay i think there's some people who are like oh you robbed me of something or this takes it away like no it just woke me up to the fact that this is a really dirty thing that you watch right. when there are guys who aren't getting paid and you know there are yeah. coaches making millions of dollars yeah and i mean i appreciate your willingness to to be present and to actually you know like let it impact you i think that is another mirror of how the approach that this show is taking mirrors the work that we're having to do as a larger culture on things like race on things like gender on things like our economic system the narrative that we've been taught and told is distorted and there is a degree into which there's uh, we've tipped into a new cultural moment in which a critical mass of people are saying you're you know what i don't think the same way that i used to i'm learning things that really disrupt this way that i was raised or this way that i was formed and so your openness to that is a good model for all of us as americans who are you know, there are several narratives that are being rewritten for us these days. It's okay to have your beliefs challenged. It is. And my you c- thought. If, if, you're, if they change, then your beliefs weren't that strong to begin with. That's or they right. They were wrong. And we can all get through it, and we can all be better for it. And we have the stamina to do that. You've been listening to Going Deep, sports in the 21st century from the studios of Blue Ridge Public Radio, NPR for Western North Carolina. Tell us what you think of the show by emailing us at goingdeep at bpr.org. And make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Shoops Going Deep.